on one sec. Can you do a screenshot? You're, you're wearing some interesting apparel there, Mr. Sanchez Chavaria. Yeah, it's my sleeping <laughs> shirt. It's my PJs. I, I, I try to, I try to uh, dream of Brazil at night so that way I can finally sleep. He's wearing a Brazil shirt. <laughs> Listeners. Hold on. I'm just, I'll just do this here. Wait. He can only sleep if he's wearing Brazil. I can only sleep if I'm wearing Brazil. My sleepy shirt. Boom. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome, bienvenidos to another edition of Minnesota Football Show. We got soccer news and actually there's lots of stuff to talk about and this is the last episode before the MLS season begins so it's like it's like what it's like we've been like trying to do other things and now apparently we have to go and start watching shocker so <laughs> here with me you know it's always is Eric and Bridget and um, how are you guys doing today go ahead Bridget I'm all right not a whole lot going on here. Yeah, same. Can't complain. Um, we had a furniture delivery. That's the big news. We got this really, really nice <laughs> handmade. Uh, it, it was a pain in the ass to move, but uh, it's it's really, really nice. Um, handmade. Um, what do you call it? Um, I'm not even sure what the name is. It's not a vanity because that that's not right. It's it's like storage space for for shoes, for boots, for coats, mm-hmm. like the, for for like all the winter stuff, basically. Um, and it's one of these things that, I mean, if you bought it at like an Ikea or whatever, it'd probably run three or four grand and with, with shoddy crappy materials. And, and this individual, this, this carpenter guy, he did it for like half the price with like really, really good wood, which is why it weighs so much, <laughs> but it's, but it's really, really nice. So that's my big news. How about you, Rodrigo? Um, so for some reason, hearing about, I've never called my front porch or my back porch a mudroom, but ever since Nubia heard that you guys were doing that and insulating it and all the other stuff, yep. apparently she wants to do the same. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not doing that. A front porch is supposed to be called a back porch. It's a three season porch. Leave it alone. What are you gonna do with it? It's like too many windows. We just, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. So, but still pushing for it. So we'll see. How that's far where the go. new furniture is. It's it's in the mud room. Yep, that's where it lives now. Mm, apparently, the mud thing is just it's it's just a a happening thing now. But yeah. <laughs> um, well, we got we got a shout out. We got a new patron. So Matthew, thank you for your support and contribution. We appreciate you. Uh, you can sign up at m uh, sorry patreon.com backslash mn football show. And that would lead into the 
near, uh, I think we're getting close to the upcoming second run of C'est pas la mer à boire, which is the uh, plum double that Hop Clouds and Mr. Brewmaster uh, Christian are working on. I know, Rodrigo, that makes you quite, quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> Hop Clouds, he's um, tagging me on like random beer stuff. And I don't know which one is coming to my house, but I suggest to all of them. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good one. I mean, any, any fruit beer and it barrel aged. And I mean, what more do you want? It's, it's pretty spectacular. We were, we were very, very impressed on the first time and talked it up. And then we got rave reviews from everybody else that in, in, in the Patreon that drank as well. <laughs> so we're doing it again. So that's, once again, patreon.com backslash MN football show is where to get in there. Um, let's let's start it off here with some U.S. soccer news. Um, we've got uh, concussion substitutions coming in here for both MLS and NWSL. Uh, new rule allows teams to make two concussion substitutions to replace players with head injuries, regardless of the number of substitutions. So in theory, got the five regular substitutions plus two. So we're talking about seven substitutions, two for concussions. Sounds like a pretty reasonable good thing it's, it's kind of sad that it's taken this long to get there Bridget see nodding Agreed. Yeah. yeah I mean it's it's been a long time coming uh clubs and fans and players have been talking about how it's a that's a good idea um for it to take this long is ridiculous but at least it's it's finally a thing so we might be able to actually make some advancements on that front here I did like your use of the word theoretically we have seven substitutions. Yes. <laughs> uh, dot, 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 Adrian Heath. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's complicated, right? Like, from what I understood, if there's a head injury on the field prior to you using, like, all your non-concussion subs, you're supposed to use your regular subs? Is that how it works? And then, like, I don't know. Like, someone needs to explain to me because, like, so many scenarios that could happen. Well, I like, think it's... I think it's like you have your normal five subs, but then there's uh, like an insurance policy of two subs. So say you've already had your, your five subs and someone needs to come out with a concussion. Typically what would happen is you either put them back on the field or you play a man down. So that, that's really the only issue that we're solving here. Um, it's not like you have five subs from this pool and two subs from that pool and you have to like jockey them around. Um, the way that I've read it is you just, you have two extras if you need them for that purpose. There you go. It's good. I mean, it's, it's a very positive thing. I mean, particularly with, with Minnesota United, the, the team we spend the most time on, of course, supporters are where Ico Para is still an ongoing situation. Um, this should have happened a long time ago, but at mm-hmm. the very least it's, it's happening now. Um, this is kind of a breaking thing. I'll, I'll throw this directly to uh, to YouTube, Bridget and Rodrigo, because uh, it, it just dropped yesterday and today. Uh, Sebastian Legette in some hot water with uh, was saying some stuff he shouldn't say, apparently. So I will uh, put it out there, whoever wants it. You know, I just hope that Becky G reads my tweet and then just drags him to wherever living, living quarters they share and then all of a sudden just... Just, just lets him have it, and just, you know, like old school style, you know, you know, chancla, sartén, whatever is near it, <laughs> chanclazo, <laughs> whatever, whatever deemed of, uh, 
Uh, I'm usually not a, a violence guy, but like I was like, you know, this is just it's so j- just for some context. So he they're playing and he kind of slaps him on the shoulder and it sounds like he's doing it like in a in quotes friendly way yeah it was it was it was banter it wasn't banter. him you know trying to call his teammate names but right uh, but it's clearly audible and he drops right. the keyword right yep yep and then the only reason we find out about it is because uh is it julian Araujo? yeah um he re- he reposted it on his instagram oh. account so then everyone else saw it and it's it's very undeniable that what he was what he was saying in reference to, yeah. and specifically with with the whole movement that Concacaf and uh, FIFA was doing to you know get rid of the P word chant in every Mexican friendly national team game, even in its own you know league, right? And then here is um, an up and coming. U.S. men national team, you know, decent player who decides to use that. And what gets me the most is just the, the statement that he put out saying, yes, please call me out on it. Please keep me accountable. I am still, um, you know, an advocate. And I was like, what? I was like, but how does that work? Of the whole thing, that's, I think that's, well, there's a few things I can say. Um First off, he calls it, you know, it was a mistake. I shouldn't have used that word. But like we've, like we've said, this has been a conversation for years. Um, and everyone's, like, conscious of it. Even the people who, you know, think that it's okay to say. Um, they're at least conscious of the fact that, you know, maybe you sh- shouldn't say it out loud on a social media platform when you have hundreds of thousands of followers. Uh, so to call it a mistake when you've pushed it out to your nearly a million followers. Um, there obviously there's a part of there's a part of you that really doesn't care. Um, so then to say I will continue to be an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Where did you start from? What are we continuing here? Uh, <laughs> where where was your starting line and what, what do you think the end point is? What do you think it means to be an advocate? Uh, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, MLS did get on it really quickly and put out a statement, uh, not citing his name, saying we, we are advocates and there's no tolerance. Um, and how many times have we seen the words no tolerance? That's what I was going to say. Uh, and, uh, here we go. And a press release in regard to this particular word as well as others. Uh, we've been reading these these press releases for five, six years plus um, mm-hmm. since it really became a, a hot topic, especially over the last couple of years. Um, it was kind of a non-issue last year just because there were we didn't have these games with all these fans and you know we didn't have people standing behind the goal where it's usually shouted during the match. Um, but I mean, there's no way that it wasn't on his radar. So. Right. And in some respects it, it made it, 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 I don't want to say it made it worse, but when there were any interplayer inter- interactions, right. it was so much clearer what, what was actually being said. Cause there was no right. crowd was no, noise at all. <laughs> yeah. In a game, you can say that, you know, you're shouting football and not that, um, 
and this there's there's no plausible deniability whatsoever exactly yeah uh, they, they try to say no no there's I said no room else, for like, misinterpretation no 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 here it is crystal clear because you were <laughs> like is, 10 feet from the mic and there's no legit there's what no you crowd. just said dude. yeah i mean the mic was his uh, phone so <laughs> yeah you're literally <laughs> holding the microphone in your hand so uh, <laughs> the, the thing is too is that this is coming because um not only is, uh, in my opinion, not only is Sebastian at fault, but also Araujo, because he retweeted yep. it, he reshared it, right? Yep. That therefore he, thinking he that he wasn't Beamy calling out, right? He wasn't calling out his friend for for using a word inappropriately. He wasn't offended by it, which tells me that uh, he probably uses it as well. Right, and the thing is that these are players who not only are part of the U.S. Men National Team, but they also play on the LA Galaxy. And the LA Galaxy, if anyone has a remembers anything, in I think 2013, the Galaxy traded and signed Robbie Rogers, right? Mm-hmm. Just af- just months after Rogers came out publicly as, as gay, and after Rogers also talked about what it's like being played and called uh, a gay slur while playing in MLS. Well, guess who was also a teammate of Robbie Rogers? Seb. Sebastian. Sebastian, did you get so. So like, what is what oh, is man. the wow. what is the what is this whole thing of like the man. consciousness in this league of this issue began with LA Galaxy and with Robbie Rogers. So, yeah, I mean we we had Colin Martin here, uh, who felt comfortable coming out while playing because mm-hmm. of Robbie Rogers before him, mm-hmm. um, among other people and other leagues but uh if you want to look at like the epicenter of you know fans supporting the community within their own club la galaxy is is the starting point so um yeah anyone there should be even extra conscious of it uh at least you know enough to not put it on a on a video and put it out to your again what seven hundred thousand followers even if you delete it, uh, we all know the internet is permanent. So that was interesting, Rodrigo. I appreciate bringing it full circle like that. I mean, whew, that's that's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more of this in the, in the next coming week. So uh, I guess we'll stay updated. And this is exhausting. It's the, it's the mm-hmm. same old BS, and it's exhausting. Um, let's look at uh, Minnesota United here. There was a bit of a ticket situation. I don't have a lot to say about this because I wasn't even going to try. I'm, I'm just not ready for it in, in more than one way. But I don't know if, if one of you want to take this. I don't know if you tried to get tickets. I know there was a lot of frustration. But, I mean, it, it, we, we knew this was going to happen when you're, when you're right. trying to uh, accommodate a very small number of people <laughs> for set little packages like yep. we talked about. It, it was just kind of a recipe for a little bit of madness. So I'll put it out there. I wish it would have done like a celebrity death match kind of thing in the middle of like <laughs> Allianz Field. They could have like four, you know, four type of like. God, I haven't arenas, thought of celebrity right? death match for 20 years. Thanks for that. <laughs> so they could be like, all right, here comes, you know, ticket, you know, Itasca member number 265 versus Itasca member number 244. Here we go. How many tickets, you know, like it just, just let it go. That would have been more entertaining. Like I didn't dive into this whole thing because I knew that because um, I'm a season ticket holder, but also because of the 
I, I sit in a Pacific, in a Pacific seat area where there's like only four rows as a season ticket holder. There's four seats to a row. So we can take, you know, as many as our family can that we want that want to go. And we've enjoyed it. And you can call me bougie about it and, I, and, I'll, and I'll admit it. But if I'm not going to get the similar, similar type of experience, I'm not willing to fork over what would have been for, for me, literally what I pay for season tickets for a full season. Because you're playing for four packages, right? So if you if your ticket costs forty bucks, uh, and you're playing for four games, so you're looking at one hundred and sixty, right? Um, so if your tickets cost between forty and fifty dollars, then you can look for like one hundred and sixty to two hundred dollars per one seat for this package. Let us say if you buy more than one seat, you know then it, then the price doubles. So it just wasn't worth it for me specifically because some of the games really weren't really that interesting to me. Um, and so I'm just, you know, if I decide to go to a game, then that would be something that I will have to probably see at the single game ticket level, but not at, at, at this. And I heard lots of people were frustrated. I've had people telling me that they couldn't get in, people that got in, people that were using 13 different, you know, browsers to be able to refresh and whatever. But, I mean, it was a frustrating experience that you would think there would be some pre-planning in order to be able to, I don't know, make it better. Right? So here's here's the thing. I, I'm sure all of us have purchased tickets when there was a lottery system for a U.S. Open Cup match, um, one of the big national friendlies, any of those tickets that weren't part of our season ticket package that we had to, we were basically given a number and a link and we would go on and try to get those tickets even when you knew where you were in line and when there were 20,000 tickets available for however many people, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> so what did we expect for fewer than 500 or 5,000 tickets? Because um, we know capacity for these is going to be about 5,000. They withheld some. So let's, for the sake of argument, say 4,500 available tickets. Itasca Society members go first. That's about 11,400 people. Um, everyone was saying that there shouldn't have been a lottery, but it, it was going to be ugly no matter what. Um, and I think we just need to understand <laughs> one of the things I put on Twitter, which a lot of people didn't like, was just a few short months ago, everyone's talking about how um, they were ready to like trade their firstborn child just to go see a live match again and willing to do literally anything to get into a stadium again. And then you sit and hit refresh a few times and you're frustrated with the club. Uh, it's going to be ugly no matter what. Things are not normal. This is not normal. None of this is normal. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a pain in the ass. And Part of that's on the club. Part of that's on SeatGeek. Part of that is on our expectations for the ticket buying experience in a unprecedented time. Um, I hate that word too, but I'm going to use it anyway. So it sucks. Yeah. But well said. Well embrace said. the suck. This is our life now. Right. <laughs> 5,000 tickets. Um, and things might change. Don't don't think that we're going to be stuck doing it this way for every single ticket package. They're doing four games at a time for a reason because maybe by the end of the season, maybe knock on wood, um, we won't have to deal with that. But yep, yeah. yep. 
Let's talk a little bit, a little team uh, news and one more little preseason match here. Um, Franco Fragapane. Uh, I put, well, this, I remember who I got this from. I think it might have been Andy Greeter. Put him down as a left winger, but I'll, I'll throw it to Rodrigo because he played recently. And I think you watched this match with Talleres and he played right wing, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. He played right wing. So, um, I mean, it's it's like, you know, the whole Paramount Plus thing. It was like I never really wanted to, to like I really got it because I was really nerdy and I wanted to watch literally nerdy shows around CBS, and so I did that. And then I also, you know, the first reason we got it was because of an NWSL, and so like we were content with that. But like adding this Argentinian Superliga package has been really a uh, rabbit hole for me, and I and mm-hmm. I love it and hate it at the same time, but. Mm-hmm. Watching, being able to watch this game was was really interesting because he's he's got some really good um, speed, but one on one dribbling and just uh, visibility of space. So it'll be really interesting because he scored in that game. Um, uh, it was a uh, it was a one two combination from the right wing. I think it was from the left wing. He must have been coming from the left, and then uh, and then he just kept on dribbling. Mm. Who, who did they through. play? Um, geez, it, it's okay. I want to say remember. cap. But I'm not sure if it was them. But then the other thing too is just that I, you know, I, I can see how that can be really useful, right? And I think that's that that's good. If they're going to ask for him, ask for him, I think it's, you know, it, I I would be I would be I would be content with what I've seen so far, you know. And he also plays, I think, this weekend too. So I might try to catch okay. that game. But the one team that I got caught up getting um watching was uh Vela Sarfield and uh uh-huh. Agustin Bausot, who's also our right winger, but he plays left for Velez, and he, I mean, he is, you know, he does tricks, he runs, he knows where to run into space, he can pass the ball. I was like, I checked transfer market, it's at two point five million euros. I was like, I was like, okay, well, you know, hmm. it'd be good to have someone who plays right and also can play left. But you also have, I mean, Hansen's been doing a good job on that left side, at least from the scrimmages that we've seen. Yep. And I'm always a big fan of playing the kids. And Justin McMaster has been having have been taking advantage of his time. And let's remember that Justin McMaster would have been last year a top ten pick. You know, uh, um, MLS. Uh, what's that called? The Adidas generation thing. If he didn't get injured, right? Mm-hmm. So I was gonna say, my only connection to uh, Franga Pane. He was on loan to Fortaleza last year in Serie A, and I don't think he scored any goals, but I, I'm sure he assisted on a number of them. And I think one of them was against Goyaz that that took them into relegation <laughs> and got them relegated. So, so it would of course be perfect for Minnesota United to a to bring a player that helped relegate Goyaz. <laughs> some some karma that that I I should probably expect at this point. <laughs> um, Juan Chope was officially announced by the club earlier this week, or maybe it was midweek. It was like Wednesday, I think. Um, we learned that both Cruz Azul and Club America had been courting him. And apparently just him chatting with uh, Ray, with Reynoso, was uh, extremely influential in his decision to come to Minnesota United. So good on uh, Bebelo, like basically <laughs> doing the marketing for the team. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, well, uh, can't beat that. That's how you get the guys who you're 
what you're really pulling for. I mean, mm-hmm. we we saw we saw the same thing with uh, with talking to Lude and Schuler about coming from Finland and uh yeah we've we've seen that before the first thing you do is call a guy that you know to see if you want to go there so um i thought it was really cool how excited he was about the whole thing and getting into a different a different cultural environment uh compared to uh he called it a 24 7 job at boca um but essentially be anonymous here when he's not on the pitch so um Sounded like right. he was really looking forward to that, being able to go play and train and then go Be home human. and hang out on the lake and chill with his friends and, you know, right. not have to not mm. have that constant attention draining on you. Um, what, what did Prince say? The reason he liked uh, Minnesota? What was it? What was it? Uh, it had to do something with like nobody else's. Yeah, right. Nobody else is around, or nobody else knows you, or whatever it is that yeah. is. Yeah, and everyone and, leaves you alone in a sense. That's the thing, right? I mean, yep. like, specifically if you are a professional yeah, a lot of, player. That's why a lot of celebrities have like summer houses and lake houses here. Like Jessica Lang has said the same thing. She grew up here, but when she comes back, um, no one, no one's all over her like like when she's anywhere else. So, yeah. I mean, and that's how that's how if you think about it, Portland started right. They had Diego Valeri, mm-hmm. and then Valeri started bringing a bunch of more Argentinians into yeah. the league, right? And so, like, and so if Ray is willing to do that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's part of if there's any negotiation with anybody with that league, that's 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 one of the things that he's doing, right? He's he's helping out yeah. or, or answering questions with players and see how it is. And I mean, Juan uh, Chope had a, even though he still seems a little bit. Doesn't know where he's supposed to be in a sense, but his uh, his assist to McMaster's was really nice, and so like mm-hmm. his vision of open space is, is is good. So we'll we'll see let's, how that. Let's just jump there because you've already brought it up. So you're talking about the the match versus Orlando, um, that happened yesterday? Question mark? Yes, yesterday. Yep. Um, they end up losing, I believe, but it's a friendly, so no big deal. Um, so, so say that again, Rodrigo, because I actually didn't even have that in here. I know, I know Nico Hansen scored one and he actually assists on the second goal, Juan Chope. Yeah. So the uh, Minnesota United put out a, uh, like a slow motion video, like really slow motion video. Uh, and, and, and in it, it was uh, McMaster passing the ball to Juan Chope as he's like on, in, on top of the 18. Mm-hmm. And then there's no pressure on Wanchopa for some reason, and McMasters is making a run. And as he's making a run, Wanchopa one touches it right back to the area where he is, and that's where McMaster holds it, brings it back, and then right before he's being challenged, shoots the ball, and the ball goes in. And you can see not only Wanchopa being excited that the goal went in, but like that they're all working together in some sort of sense. Nice. So even though he might not be the you know, he might not, and, and people might score him, might expect him to score a lot. I, I, I don't because our goals come from our midfields and our wingers. Um, it's nice to have someone, at least a nine, that, that, can, that can see space and pass the ball and be a threat as, that way as well, too. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah, he came in, I think, right at the start of the second half. So good stuff. I, I, I wasn't aware of that. That's cool. Um, here's a question for you all from Jacob. Thank you for the question. Who has more goals in 2021, Wea, Agudelo, Langsdorf, or Juan Chope? That's actually a pretty good question. 
I would find it hilarious if it was Langstorff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would be the most Minnesota United-esque thing to happen. Uh, yep. To have the guy who's, you know, your ultimate depth piece be the one who brings in the most goals after you bring in one champagne on guitar. Um, yeah, that's, that's a tough question, though. I mean, I, I have to lean to Juan Chope, but you're right. It would be it'd be classic if it were like. <laughs> I mean, if you uh, were to rank it, you know, Juan Chope, Agudelo, uh, and then it'd be a toss up between Langs- Langsdorf and and Wea. But though I think Wea scored in this in this preseason, yeah. I don't even know Sometimes. if Langsdorf. I don't think Langsdorf's actually gotten playing time, so. Yeah. No, he has. He has. He scored a couple yes. actually too. Okay. Yep. So then there we go. I mean, oh, so yeah. it's a toss up. You, you just call him. You call him Lancaster. That's why you can't remember. That's right, <laughs> Lancaster. That's right. I don't see Lancaster on this Lancaster. list. He's, he must not be playing. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, I think I think he did have a couple on that. What that seven goal match yes. or eight goals, whatever. Was that, um, the, was that when uh, Charlotte took? We we, we battered yeah, down the battery. Yeah, battery. Yeah. Um, no, hopefully, hopefully way gets playing time to get, to get on the sheet. Uh, and I guess it would be the same for Langsdorf. Uh, he's got a little more experience. He's, he's been in the league. Um, but what are the chances that we actually see way and or Langsdorf? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm just more relieved that we actually like a month and a half ago, we were like, we only have one forward <laughs> we like, only had Langsdorf, yeah and then yep. now like a month and a half later we actually have four right and and and, and we had um, none last year so yeah. i mean we're, we're... <laughs> at least we have Slowly a real nine surely that, as eric has been always saying at least we have a real nine that is known for actually putting the ball be i mean making the net i'll take, move. It. I'll take yeah, it so, yep. so yep. i'll take it i mean like lots of it's really interesting because a lot of the folks and david gas at the um at the uh, extra time crew were like really excited yeah about this and i and i read it you know on the um on the on the, on the pie pressed how like they were like yeah and i was like well that's great i mean like i'm really optimistic i love the optimism but the one thing that always drives me insane and i not that i'm a pessimist is like what does this team do with the uh you know Reynoso gets hit by a bus scenario, right? How do we function? Who steps into that role? And I just want to keep thinking, right? Like, are they, uh, is uh, who, uh, is who uh, one of those that can play into a 10? I know Lude can play 10, but Lude's going to be gone for part of the summer, right? Um, do you trust Ja'Cory Hayes enough to be able to be decent, not the greatest 10, but someone who can be effective? Or do you switch your formation to a 4-3-3 while they're gone? Like, I don't know. That's just a question that I have because right now, I'm not saying you can find someone to replace uh, Reynoso, but you need to have a plan, right, in case something like that. They happens. were they were testing that out a little bit with this match against Orlando. Um, if you did, you notice who now that we have four forwards, who was the starting striker uh, on the lineup against Orlando? It was Robin Lud. So. Um, they're still, you know, playing with how they can how they can cycle those guys through, uh, basically rotating that front four just like they did all through last season. Um, 
and Reynoso was in the 10 spot again for this lineup. Um, but they are kind of shuffling those pieces in, see who can fit in up there. Um, so I think considering how, how we survived last season, I guess I'm not super concerned. Um, Reynoso is huge, yes, but they were also able to function without him for a few matches, and you know it wasn't an absolute disaster. So I think there's other there's other opportunities there. And yeah, no, those are, those are very valid points. It's just that we've seen uh, Reynoso shine away from contact, like he's willing to initiate contact, and yeah. we also seen how much he gets fouled. That's right? yeah. He's... And so, and so that was that and a limited count of appearances, right? Like thirteen appearances, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Now, if you get a, you know, this year, he everyone's going to be. How do we stop the loons? And we know, like, they're going to be like one of the things is like if we got to contain him, right? We got to make him ineffective. Yeah, everyone, everyone goes for his ankles every match that he was in. It was, you know, like going into the wood chipper as he mm-hmm. runs into the runs into the third. So. Yeah, um, those are those are valid points. I'm I'm not even ready to start putting that energy out into the universe of, of an injured Reynoso yet, but but, but let's let, let's hope that it, you know things work out. Go ahead, Richard. You were gonna add something? No, you're good. I was just gonna ask you one last thing. Um, I don't think Miami has actually been sanctioned yet, but I think they might have been threatened with their whole four DPS like pulling the LA Galaxy thing, and they got to drop one. And apparently, they're thinking about dropping Pellegrini and moving him somewhere is, is this is this legitimate that minnesota united might be in the running for i mean this this is a real left winger if i mean if this is the case and and more mate another argentine is, <laughs> is is this real it's possible i mean i think first of all you have to see what the asking price would be to do that i'm not too i'm not too keen on what what that is is but also I mean, just look at Cincinnati. They just traded Frankie Amaya, right? So if they're willing to trade Frankie and get some money in return, I'm pretty sure that that, that would be a target, specifically with you know the moves that Cincinnati has made this offseason, right? Um, I think the Loons would, would, would make something like that if the price is right. And I think right now with their scouting and with their death, people who can rotate on that left. And we're talking about um, uh, Hanson and uh, McMasters right now. I think that's, you know, that's, uh, that seems to be pretty decent right now. So, I mean, it depends on the right price and he didn't really play well last year. So like, don't know. Right. And, and, and how does that affect our, Young DP status, right? I yeah, mean, I just put it out as a question: like, is right. is it even a possibility? So it I sounds mean, it's, like it's possible. It's possible, distance. but there's Any, a lot of anything. Things. Literally anything is possible with this, yeah. with this club. Kevin but Garnett tweet. I, uh, <laughs> 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 I, I just I don't see it happening. Just I don't think it's that's the pedigree that that this club targets. Right on. Well, let's wrap up our local with this. Uh, our fa- our friend Kevin, who I think he's calling himself Boca do Nord on Twitter at this point, and and he definitely should. Uh, there is a scarf, an upcoming scarf that is really really cool. Basic, basically, kind of taking the Boca Seniors, Boca do Nord kind of vibe and colors mixed with Minnesota United. 
Uh, on the backside, there is a mate. <laughs> there's there's the <laughs> gore and the bombija with a little star. It, it's it's quite the the awesome thing. It's going to be up for sale eventually, so you all should check that out because it is yeah. it's pretty awesome. No, I I want to be able to figure out how we can get. You know how like at the beginning of the season, people were p- printing out um, big heads, right, and put them on the on the <laughs> sticks. I want to do mm-hmm. one just with like the mate emoji. Mm-hmm. just like be walking around with it just to be able to do that just 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 do that but no i mean i think the colors not only resemble the saint paul uh flag but um uh, i mean it's just it's just yeah great job by kevin i'm like i'm i'm willing to to fork out some money to be able to get one of those things just because it's uh you know one of the one of the, the one of the well the only uh argentinian team i ever followed when i was little it was boca jr so that's my that's that's my team. So, pretty sweet. Uh, we 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 can probably drop this at this point, but we were for a little while we were in talks with uh, Guayaki uh, or Guayaki um, Mate. Just, just it kind of started as a joke of like we need a Mate company to be our sponsors, and they like responded. So we kind of had some back and forth, and uh, I don't know if it's completely out of the out of the picture yet, but it, it seems like it stalled a little bit. But listen, if, if, if you're listening and you are a Mate producer or distributor and are interested in working with Minnesota Football Show, please get in touch. Because <laughs> now, like more than any point, I think, in the history of the state of Minnesota, there's, there is a massive demand or will be maybe future times be, a massive yeah. demand, yes, for Mate. <laughs> we will. Um, well, aren't we there will- like local tea companies? There are. I don't know if they deal in in erba mate though, Sheila. That's a, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I we'll, mean, we'll give they, them. This is the perfect time to start. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Guayaki is based in California, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember now. I mean, the whole like matcha is like such a craze right now. Like, see, like even yeah. South is saying, it's like we could be starting a new trend with the. Um, <laughs> hipsters or i don't know if they're called hipsters anymore well yeah that, that goes into when david gas refer from extra time to refer to as uh reynoso as the mls number 10 hipster like like as a position <laughs> and so like oh well you know that plays into the whole thing i mean like you know we can give we can we can call it the uh, the bombija uh sponsorship deal yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely i like it well, let's talk some NWSO here. Um, we're, we're obviously into the, the uh, Champions Cup, but we'll back up in time just a little bit. We had some rebranding happening with the uh, Sky Blue kind of disappearing and becoming uh, Gotham FC. I'll just ask you all what you think of the new logo, what you think of the vibe. We got a New Jersey, New York kind of mixed situation in the shield. It's the Y has got the J and becomes kind of the Y. So they're repping both. Um, I have to say, I, I kind of dig the colors. It's kind of that, um, what do you call it? Like a teal or a foam green kind of situation. And um, I've got a quick question. Um, so it's the Houston Dash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw my, my, my friend said that they should be called the M Dash. <laughs> they would have better, they would have like a whole new like set of fans. <laughs> the M dash. <laughs> That's pretty I like good. It. I like it. Sorry good. for interrupting. 
No, it's okay. What What do you think? What do you think of this rebrand? I mean, and the the jerseys are cool. They kind of, I mean, this is more of a Rodrigo thing. They got the Peruvian inspired sash kind of going. What What do you think of that? Um, I I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a good jersey. Like, I like it. I mean, I, right now NWSL is putting up better jerseys than the, than the MLS. So like, oh yeah, we haven't even got to my favorite yet. That's like, coming. I mean. I mean, I'm a big Portland Thorns fan. We are in this house, and the the kits that they were wearing yesterday, I was like, I so want that black, and 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 pink uh, kit. So I was like, so no, I think they're doing they're doing a good bit. I Gotham FC, I don't understand the history behind it, or I I'm not too aware of it. Like the first thing that comes into mind is like, what what DC universe are we in that we have a Gotham FC um, um, team? But um, hopefully, DC universe steps in and and puts them in some of the movies but yeah no i mean it was one of those uh, that was really nice to see it kind of reminded me of the nhl seattle branding the colors i think and just like that clean simple but still kind of cool pops out yeah um, yep. i'm not as familiar with that but i i know what you're talking yeah. about that's it's kind of the first thing that came to mind as i was scrolling through twitter the day that that first came out and i just I just saw the crest a couple of times and I thought mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's, uh, it's simple, but kind of clean. And, um, they, it's something that they can play with and grow from in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. It, it makes sense too, with new ownership, there's, there's new money coming in, there's new players, a whole new vibe. They're just like, all right, let's just flip this thing and kind of start something yeah. new. So I kind of get while they're, uh, while they're moving in this direction. Um, let's go to the one that I really, really, really dig. So this is Louisville racing Louisville, the new expansion team and their home jerseys. It's pretty simple. It's, you know, white, white top, kind of the pink shorts, but the away Jersey is what it just blew me away. And we got some like serious big Island, <laughs> big ultras, big <laughs> Island vibes with the flowers, uh, the black with the flowers popping. I, I love, love, love this kid. I love this shirt. This is one of the, Oh, I'm going to get this kit. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awesome. It's like, it's like the Hawaiian shirt kit. I love it. Comments besides me just gushing. <laughs> it's it's different. It's nice to see something kind of, kind of funky and unique that. Yeah. We don't, we don't see that very often. So. I love it. It's fire. I love it so much. Um, well, let's talk about the challenge cup. Cause this thing got rolling yesterday. Um, I didn't get to watch many of these matches, but uh, the aforementioned Sheila mentioned the Houston Dash. They, they basically we had a repeat of the final last year, the Dash versus the Red Stars, and it ended up being a tie. Uh, anybody get to catch that or see some highlights? I, I usually don't like calling NWSL games boring, but this one was Perry. Like, um, what's the right word? Yeah, it was boring. You can say it. Say it because <laughs> that's a good. I was just going to say it's a good segue to the next match, which was yeah. anything, but the, the thing too, is that we have to understand is like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the team's players, like the, the, the key players are also on, on the U S women national team friendly versus Sweden at the moment. So like there's, you know, there's players missing. So, but regardless, I mean, like there were opportunities you could totally tell there were times where like they still need to start playing the ball with the ball. You know, they're still trying to figure out how we're going to play with each other. There's a lot of rustiness, it was a really rusty, like physical match. There were times where Houston, you know, literally, you know, 
scored, but was offsides. And so, like, there's like lots of things that need to be uh, watched. But I think that's one of the things that you know is is about this tournament that we saw, right? Like at the beginning, everyone you know seemed a little bit off, and then by game two, three, everyone was just lights on. So, well, speaking of lights on, Rodrigo, I'll, I'll let you. Anybody can jump in, but I know you watched this one. So, Portland Thorns. Kansas City, um, wow! This game, this game had some uh, some fireworks, to say the least. I, I, I saw. I think when I kind of tuned out and went to bed, I think it was one nil Thorns, and then from there it just kind of, literally, kind of exploded. <laughs> um, you want to take it? I mean, I, I don't know. If you want to set up the, some of the goals and, or, and well, then we can I get mean, the I, drama I at the end. Go from ahead. the beginning, the Thorns looked really sharp, and they were pressing a lot. And Casey didn't really have that much of an outlet. So, so within like the first eight minutes, right, um, um, there was a free kick earned by, uh, by the Thorns and Megan put in a beautiful cor- curling ball that, I, I mean, one of, the, one of the racing stars in this league and probably one of my, one of my favorite uh, Costa, Ricans, uh, Costa Rican players, you know, Raquel Rocky Rodriguez, you know, she's only like, I think, five, 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 four, scores on a header after set piece. Beautiful. Just lobs it right over the keeper. Uh, Rocky's been one of the players that, you know, you it's fun to watch, understand. She was playing deeper against KC just to be able to help out the defense, but still was able to to get on the end of this ball. And it was, and it was great. I mean, there was lots of different things that were great about this game. Like this actually felt like, you know, like midseason um, game. And so that was one of the things that was, that was really great. I mean, um, it was one of those games that, you know, like both teams took a, took a little bit to go, but once they were going, it was, it was one of those, uh, one of those games that was like really fun to watch. Do you right? want to highlight either of the other two goals or should we just go to the drama? Well, I mean, um, <laughs> Klingenberg really had a good game. I thought, I think, uh, I think overall, like uh, there was this one play and I wanted to say, uh, what, when was it? Um, it's probably, um, it was, it was the Marissa Everett, like volley that was offsized literally like it's probably around the 40th minute where uh, a ball is, is lobbed into the box and Marissa literally lets it bounce once and it has a defender right on her and just lets the volley go. And it's a beautiful goal, but was outsized by literally two steps. So it was one of those things where like, oh man, this intensity in this game was great. And 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 also, you know, it, it Portland pushing up also meant that KC had a chance to to counterattack, and I think one of the de- deadliest forwards that in this league, that even though they're not as young anymore, are still are still valuable is a- Amy Rodriguez, and I think uh, Amy was able to actually put that one up. Uh, so it was two one, um, um, and it was one of those goals where, like, you if you if you keep the ball in the box, you know, a, a, a real striker will get a foot on it and score and. And it was like off her side of a foot as she was trying to reach for it. It was a great goal. But I mean, and then come in the subs and then Tyler Lucy 
heads a beautiful goal. I think it was around, she's want to say the 60th minute. So uh, 58th we got in here. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. Around that time. And, and it was one of those, like, you know, one of those goals that was just one of, you know, it was, it was great. And I think Lucy just brings a whole different type of energy always. Right. So Tyler Lucy is always, always great. And I think that's what, um, I'm sorry, Amy scored right around the same time, like on the 60th. Yep. Thing. That's and right. then it was one, and then and then the subs came in. So Morgan Weaver comes in for Lucy, I believe. And then um, just a series of like how crazy and tough this is because they were playing in uh, Portland, in, in, in Portland. And so, like, and there were fans, uh, and then so like you could hear some of this stuff too. But the match ended in like in really dramatic fashion, right? Like, uh, Charlie, who had a really good, had a decent game and um, had chances to score, and is, and is expected to be, you know, the scoring one of the sc- scoring leaders in this team, was sent off around the 90th, right? I think um, for a, like a mistime challenge, right? And then the coach, Mark Parsons, was shown a red, red was shown a red for arguing the call. <laughs> so like within like a minute, minute, and you got two, and then. Um, then Morgan Weaver. How does how does the whole thing happen? Because they, they end up at the at the corner flag, basically. Right. It's it's Christian Edmonds and, and Weaver, like yeah. Like, and there's like and, legs back and forth. The flag right. is flying around, and they try and like separate, and then they come back, and then all of a sudden the teams start to clear. I mean, it was it was madness. <laughs> right. And so here's the thing, right? It's like when you are the team that's leading and you have possession of the ball, what what do you see most teams do? waste time so one of the strategies is go to the corner flag and just wait for them to take the ball from you and that's what happens right weaver takes all, all the way to the corner and you know if you're if your team is losing and needs the ball you hate when that happens so it's you're already mad about the whole thing and then Kristen edmonds and the and the flagpole and whoever else is in this whole thing just <laughs> the flagpole was a was was the key uh, uh what do you call it the supporting instigator. actor yes. yeah yes. and it was yes. one of these things where like they're just going physically hard at it, and um, and Edmonds gets the ball out, and as she and as they're both and as Weaver and Edwards are trying to go towards the ball, like Edmonds does like this shoulder, like tackle, and just like throws Weaver down, and as Weaver gets back and as Weaver gets back up and looks at her, Edmund goes for a slap to the face, and then they are pushing each other and. And then there's a punch being thrown afterwards when I forget yes, who else some, comes up. Somebody comes from like midfield and just like comes flying it was, in. You know, yeah. Uh, it was just one of those things where you're like, wait, what's going on here? And it's just like, and the, you know, typical, like if someone gets knocked down in a men's game like that, they'd be on the ground and they'd be rolling. But these, 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 these players were just going at it. And it was one of yep. those things where like, wow, I mean, this is like the second game of the NWSL and it's mirroring what usually you see in an Argentinian league <laughs> match day, true. right? It was like <laughs> four or true. five reds total in one, one match day. But in one game, there was four reds. That was, that was crazy. And I mean, and then, and, and of course, uh, Klingenberg, you know, apologized for the team, you know, uh, that they're really disappointed of what happened. But I mean, like in this whole situation, like I get Morgan being, being upset. And um, I get, uh, you know, admins also being like, no, this is not happening. And so, like, I, I get, I get the Reds, I, I get them, but at the same time, like, there were more than one uh, party uh, involved that should also gotten a Red. So, yeah. So your finals two to one, but 
three red cards in like the span of what three minutes <laughs> so quite quite the way to go out it I, I didn't get to see this live but the video is kind of flying around now and it, and um our friend of the pod uh Jim Oliver, he basically said something about there's there's lots of ponytails and violence flying around, <laughs> and it's kind of a good way to good way to describe it. Um, here's a question for you all from Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea, for the question. Who should M- Minnesota NWSL fans be rooting for? Should we avoid potential regional rivals like Chicago and KC? Pick anyone we like. I struggle with this every year. Whoever wants it, I, I have a. I have something of a response that I've recently come up with. I'm okay. I'm all in for I'm all in for Louisville because I have a connection there with my friend. I visited the city. I've actually been by well, I guess at that time that I was there, it was not obviously the women's team stadium. It was the uh, Louisville FC stadium, but I've been by it. Um, and I and I love this kit. I mean, all all those things combined, it's an expansion year, so it may not be a great year, and it's also you know, Malji Sondueriki, the curse of Eric. Here, here it comes again. So, sorry, Louisville, but uh, I'm in for Louisville. Yeah, I mean, I think the best strategy is like watch a couple of games and see what 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 you like the most out of things, right? And a lot of people, you know, tend to follow favorite U.S. women national team players or favorite world players, right? I think Orlando is always a good pick. I think with the stack of, of players they have that never been able to be successful. I think it's, it's oh, someone always to root for and watch out for. I and us also we're, we're Portland Thorn fans and we're also Chicago. I'm a Chicago wrestler fan too. So, you know, find something that, that speaks to you and forget about this regional rivals thing. I mean, like if anything, regional rivals are fun, right? I mean, rivalries are fun. So like dive into it. I really, you know, uh, follow what what play, players are playing at, and just and just see where things are at. I mean, that's what I would do. Like, I love the Thorns. I love the Red Stars. I'll watch any Orlando game. Um, Sky Blue is always a good team. One team I always you Gotham. Know, Gotham. Oh, that's right. Gotham. <laughs> Gotham FC now is 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 always an interesting team. Um, I think uh, the Courage are always on point and the things. So just just. You know, surf watch if you can, um, games that are available, and just and just see what what really what really calls you in, and then then dive right in. I was already leaning to the Louisville, and and man, in their promo video, they tied in Muhammad Ali, and I mean that that really that really set it for me. The fact that they incorporated into the the kit design and and brought him in, and whew, that pushed me over the edge. And I and of course. I have a soft spot for Orlando with Martha, obviously. And there, and those two teams are in fact playing tonight and our uh, Louisville correspondence, which is apparently a thing um, they're going to be there at Lynn family stadium. So we might have some photos and or video of the match, which is kind of exciting It'll be there. The, the very first Louisville NWSL match in their stadium. So cool. Um, hope that uh, sort of answers your question there, Chelsea. But yeah, don't play into the rivalries. Like Rodrigo said, just kind of surf the wave and kind of see see where it takes you, I guess, is, is the vibe. Um, U.S. women's national team are currently playing Sweden. Do we have a score update there? How are things going? They're losing one nothing in the wow. 68th minute. So There you go. There you go. It is a friendly, but it's good competition for this team for sure. All right, well, shall we take a break? We'll be back. 
thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota football show. All right, we are back on the Minnesota football show. We have, we are down two co-hosts. It's it's Rodrigo and Eric here bring, bring, going into the internationals. Welcome, welcome to the itchy and scratchy show. Hey, pretty much. Um, it's too bad we we lost uh, our our esteemed colleagues because this week in racism came in pretty hot um, with La Liga and Cadiz and Valencia. The final score was two to one, but as these things go, that is not the story. The story is uh, Mokhtar Diakabi being subjected to racial abuse by Cadiz player Juan Cala. And Juan Cala is trash. I'm just going to say he that. He is trash. There. Juan Cala Boca. I'll, I'll put that out there. Cala Boca, Juan Cala. So um, the, the, the positive of this, uh, if there is such a thing, is Valencia rallied around um, Diakabi and they actually walked off the pitch, which is obviously the right action we talk about that all the time is is make being bold following that uh san diego model just stopping the game and and dealing with it there but then what was interesting is i don't believe he actually came back but he encouraged his team to go back and finish the match right. which they did and then lost um so i don't know i i guess i'm kind of bro- torn on that one like it's it they they did the right action but I don't know, Rodrigo, should they have just like ended the match and be like, we're, we're done, we're out? Or how do you feel about, you know, if it comes from the player, is it okay to go back and finish it? Or or should it just have been, that's it, we're done, we'll take the forfeit I mean, and we're out? There, there, there's many different points of views in this matter. Like, and I think asking your players what they want to do and they rally around Mokhtar and Mokhtar didn't want didn't to go out there, but encourage your teams to play that is an option right that is an option there are many several options you what the other ones is walking off and needed like the san diego loyals did and all the other stuff or um but or other teams but it's it's just you know it's i don't want to say such new ground but it kind of is because like people haven't really like sat down and each team makes up their own rules each coach makes up their their own standards right and so it's more like a team culture aspect of it and, you know, there will be those days because if you remember, uh, Colin Martin wanted to go out there and finish the game. And it was, um, but he, he, he made a stipulation. And I think this is probably what the rule should be is like, if there's a set of players who are within, you know, who are, one is the accused and the other one is the accuser. If those two should be removed from the game. Right. And then if you want to continue to play the game, we should be like, we will continue playing this game if player X is not on that field. That's a good point. I mean, that 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 makes and, sense. And the, like a, the problem is, is that in this game, it didn't happen that way. Right. No, it didn't. Juan Carla kept on playing and Juan Carla still denies. And so is um, he did. Yeah. A few days later after the match, he, they, he had an opportunity to like take some responsibility and apologize. And he did neither of those things. He, he denied it even happened. Basically, he denied he said anything. And and. Again, good on Valencia. Valencia was just like, yeah, we believe our player and not you. So right, and that's that's a great thing. But they've also like taken this opportunity and ran with it. I mean, if you go to the Valencia website for their PR stuff, I was like, they had Mokhtar uh, really recant his story because he wanted to tell the story of what happened. 
mm-hmm. and they also had like a photograph uh, or a PR image and we're like they're all standing there in solidarity and like they're committed to to fight racism in football which is great right um but i wish like you know fifa <laughs> would would require this of all teams yeah. right you to be able to make that kind of stand but but you know it you know it's it's uh, I, I was able to watch the video and mokta spanish is pretty pretty spot on but like the things that were said i've heard those things said many a times when i've been in in different areas of peru um when it comes to stuff like that played in soccer and it's and you know it's not a mistake it's not it's deliberate that when you use those kind of words it's deliberate you're trying to cause pain and 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 you're trying to get into someone's head and and do that so so you know what i was just thinking i, I didn't put this in here but musa has musa said anything about this i mean this is his team this is valencia no i don't think musa has okay just curious all right. Well, th- I think we have yet another one. Yeah, we do. Uh, but let's do uh, Nauchuku in Brazil. Uh, just some sad news. We've, we've spoken at length on the COVID situation down there. And the director of the, um, I guess, the, the social aspect of the club, I don't know if that's social media or just outreach in general for Nauchuku, he passed away from COVID. Isaias um, Jr. So, uh, this is RIP. It, it's it sucks. It's it's really bad down there, and uh, it's affecting everybody, everybody everywhere from all walks of life, um, including these dedicated football supporters. So just thought we'd highlight that. Um, let's talk some Champions League. So I was happy that I got to watch some uh, rabbit ears: Univision, Liverpool, and Real Madrid, uh, three to one. Real Madrid over Liverpool was the final score. Uh, Ramos, Lissi, he was out on a red card suspension, right? I can't remember. I, I thought it was. I believe I mean, so. It, it just seems that that's on brand, right? Why, why else would he be out? <laughs> um, Vinicius, great goal in the 20, 27th minute. And, and this, this goal is, is Tony Cruz. I mean, basically from the defensive side, I mean, he wasn't even in midfield. He was closer to goal. Just this beautiful, beautiful lob that goes probably three quarters of the pitch and just lands right at Vinicius' foot. I mean, you, you can't ask for a better ball. And I mean, he puts that thing in. Gorgeous, gorgeous cross or uh, assist. Uh, 36, Asensio gets a goal. Um, intercepts, just a really, really bad back pass. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, and Allison actually stops his first shot, but like you say, Rodrigo, follow your shot, and that's what he does, and he gets the volley. Yeah. So at that so at that point, it's 2-0, and then Salah gets uh, gets one in the 50th from a really nice feed. Uh, goes to VAR, but uh, it's okay. Oh, yeah, the ping-pong. It did ping-pong. Like, he he hits it, and it, it touches the the keeper's hand, goes up and hits the crossbar, and then comes back down and bounces back up. I like the ping-pong goals. And then the 64th, Vinicius again gets gets his second, gets his brace off of a wide, wide open Luka Modric. I mean, once again, if there's anybody you should be covering, it's, it's Luka, Luka freaking Luka Modric. Modric. Honestly, honestly. You should make that a t-shirt. Stay cover, <laughs> cover Luka Modric. Yeah. Where is Modric? Just find him. Step one. Yeah. So there's I mean, just not first. You know, Liverpool yeah. had one damn job this whole tournament was just to beat Real Madrid. And they let me down again. So, like, I'm so, I mean, all you Liverpool fans, please let me know why your team is supposed to be great when they should be beating Real Madrid. Yeah. 
Uh, Man City, 2-1 to one over Dortmund. I didn't get to hear this one. I heard there was some uh, controversy on a, a, penalty, a penalty kick that was not called for Dortmund. Um, I'll, I'll take my uh, Dortmund fans screaming and yelling about it. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen that much either. I didn't get to catch um, these two games, so. Well, and, and here's another this week in racism. This was Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Nabi Keita apparently having racist emojis regarding them on Instagram. I don't know a lot about this one. This, I was going to pass this more off to Bridget, uh, but uh, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, Rodrigo, but it's more of the same. It's just they've, they've been trying to stop this crap from appearing on social media, and it continues and continues. And that's the thing now is like, Social media is, is led to a boat where you can create a fake account and just start sending stuff to people randomly. And so, like, players, because players, you know, need to have a social media presence somewhat to be able to have a social media presence to, you know, get get sponsorship deals, all this other kind of stuff. It's it's just, it's, a, it's the nasty part of this whole thing is, like, the axes and the fact that you can't really trace people sometimes. And I'm hoping that they that because this is the first time and it's always been ongoing. And so like I'm hoping that this is something that, you know, Liverpool was actually devoting resources to find out how to best manage this thing and, you know, get the people who are behind those those fake accounts or those accounts and just, you know, if they're if they are fans, ban them for life. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the following day, we had Bayern and PSG. We talked about this last week that a, a Lewandowski list Bayern might be in trouble. And they fought back valiantly, but uh, 3 2 PSG is your final score. Mbappe, I mean, Mbappe not wasting, just... oh, didn't waste any time. Third minute right away. Uh, great pass from Neymar. Uh, ends up actually Megan. I mean, Noor stops the ball, but somehow he stops it and it still goes between his legs. It's kind of amazing to watch. Um, Mbappe gets a brace. Neymar gets two assists. PSG looked very, very good. And like yeah. I said, Bayern did did sort of come back, but it was just a little. I mean, I think uh, that three two makes it really interesting for the second leg. So we'll see how Agreed. that works. Agreed. Um, Porto. This is my failed prediction. I thought they were actually going to beat Chelsea. They did not. Two uh, 0 Chelsea. So well done, Chelsea, getting it done there in Portugal. So two really big uh, away goals for them for the next leg. Um, let's do some CONCACAF Champions League because that started rolling again. Uh, Portland Timbers against Marathon 2-2 tie. Uh, Portland was actually up on this one 2-1 until kind of towards the, what is it, the 68th where Ramirez man, ends up putting it 2-2. Um, I don't know. Did you get watch this one, Rodrigo? What would you think? I guess the big thing for uh, Minnesota-adjacent folks is Ish Jome. Ish Jome got some time, comes in right. as a substitute. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's Joe Mazzoli was signed by Portland, but like is a deaf piece. But like he's also like he had a decent season in the USL last year. He bounced mm-hmm. from club to club, but he was able to still be effective. And I think that's a confidence builder. You know, he's not the greatest defender. You'll know that, but he is a a good um, fullback attacking. Right, he can be decent in that aspect of it. And I think that's that's one of the reasons you want him in there, right? And I. I you know, MLS did extremely decent for all these away games, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think we're, that's we're one of the first that we'll talk through it, but I think that's that's a good step. I mean, a 2-2 tie means they now have to play um, – they're playing in Portland, right? In Portland, yep. And then we'll see and, and we'll see how that works out. So so CCL is after a good stand 
a good a good first step in um in the first round specifically for the MLS team. So yeah, Atlanta United goes down to uh, Costa Rica against Ahaluense, and uh, I I didn't think they were going to pull this one off. I mean, the amazing thing was the the Guzan red card in the forty third minute, which was just so clear. And Every so time Guzan gets a card, oh. laugh. You know, it's, it's, yes, exactly. And the ref actually pulls, he kind of starts to go for a yellow and, and then I don't know if it was pressure from, from the, uh, the Costa Ricans or from his line judges or what, but he puts that thing down and pulls out the red. And at that point I, I didn't, I wasn't sure how this thing was going to go. They're down, they're down a, a player basically for the entire second half, but all it was was a Barco penalty in the 50th minute. And there's your final score. One nil Atlanta and man down beats mm-hmm. him in Costa Rica. And people's eyes in Atlanta should be not on Joseph, but on Barco. Because this is Barco's yep. chance to shine and, and, and step up. So if Barco, if Barco is willing to put in the work and actually take this team over in a sense, this is the time to do it. I think this is the season. Well, like He's the one that's under the, uh, under the microscope for me. It's like, I know what Joseph Martinez can do. We've all seen it, right? But this team needs a midfield. <laughs> Midfield. Let's give, let's give mad props also to uh, Rios Novo, the 18-year-old backup keeper, uh, born in Los Angeles to Argentine parents, who last year was playing in USL 2 <laughs> and jumps in in Coca Cup Champions League and holds on. I mean, I caught some of the highlights and he he had some nervous moments where he just couldn't quite catch the ball or it was like it hit the gloves and he'd dive on it or he batted around a little bit. And there was, you know, there was nerves. I mean, he's 18 year old playing in an international tournament, but he kept them alive in the end. He kept them alive. That's all it is. Builds confidence, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. That last one was the, the Haitian team. Akahai, I think as I pronounce it, Akahai against Cruz Azul and, Huge win, or not a win, a tie rather, nil-nil, but it, you could count it as a win for a Haitian club against like a monster Liga Miakis team like Cruz Azul. But Cruz Azul, I heard, were playing like their second or third stringers too. But Right, and Cruz Azul is Cruz Azul, right? They're like, you know, they're great, but then when it comes to like tight situations, as of lately, they have not been able to deliver, so... Yeah, there's a so we'll see. The second, yeah, second, second leg will be, be really interesting. It's huge for a Haitian team, though. I mean, it's no, I, I totally the... agree. I, I'm, I'm like, at this point, you're, you're always cheering for the underdog, and it'll be great to have a Haitian team make it to the next round. Most def. Uh, following day, we had Philadelphia beat uh, Saprissa again in Costa Rica, one nil. Really Man, big win. Game. Really big win. Uh, Philadelphia looked awesome. I mean, this, I think of maybe of all the teams, they looked the most dominant um, on, in an away match. Great uh, header from Prisbico. Is that how you pronounce the name? Prisbico? Prisbico, yeah. Yeah. And there, man, it, it got chippy. It got uh, got pushy and shovey and elbowy. I just put in brutal tackles, bench clearing. Oh, yeah, that was at the at the end when, where he, the guy gets just completely upended off of his feet. Oh, and God, that was horrible. The ref, uh, it was Kunkka Coffee, 100% Kunkka Coffee. Well, there's no VAR in, this, in CCL, which makes no freaking yeah. sense to me. But, you know, it was one of those things where, like um, – what was the what was the guy's name that created the foul that got the yellow card? Uh, geez, I forget. Uh, but he had he had been tackled in seventieth minute, and he wasn't happy about what happened to him, and so he was like, "Oh, there's a chance. I'm gonna go full blown out." And 
was not going for the ball at all and like literally flipped the kid over and i was like yep. oh my gosh yeah and he then, landed like on his shoulder it looked yeah bad. and it was it was bad and like at the same time and it's like you know it's deportivo saprisa so you know i'm pretty but sure a humongous win up. i mean <laughs> oh frankie yeah really big win for philly though and that's yeah. that's impressive this being their first time in the tournament as well um and Toronto, good on them too. They they hold Leon to a tie, which is also no small feat. One one is the feet, final yeah. there. Um, that I, I caught the Leon goal live and wasn't able to. My stream kept dropping, but holy crap! This volley in the twenty fifth minute that goes top top corner far post is just a golazo. What a phenomenal strike! Yeah, I mean, Leon has all the pieces to contend for for lots of different things. So. This is really a big step for Toronto, I think, in MLS overall, because they, I think they didn't lose, right? If we go over it, right? Toronto, yeah, yep. we got a few, we got a few Portland. more here, but yeah, yeah. So they did. Um, America beats Olympia two to one. Uh, the one that I, I didn't, I expected Columbus to win against uh, Real Esteli. I did not expect four nil in the first half, which ended up being the the final score with the Zardes brace. I mean, they just. Wow, they came out with like they came out blazing and didn't just like slam down that uh, that well, gas that's, pedal. That's what you expect with uh, with the with the champion, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I mean, and you imagine like adding Molino to this whole lineup and trying to see how oh, they all real. work out. I mean, like Salarayan and all those. I mean, like it's it's going to be really really interesting how everything else works out. And you know, I mean, this is you know like. Not get into an MLS preview, but um, but if there's one team that you have to knock off, it's probably be Columbus. That's the win. I think they 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 are in they are so in strong. for a good repeat. They're strong for a they're repeat. So, so we'll see. Uh, Monterrey beats uh, Pantoja three 0 So um, Rodrigo, to what you were saying earlier, probably the best MLS start ever in Concacaf Champions League. Three wins, no losses, two ties, all away. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's never happened before. I'm pretty sure it isn't, but that's a, a commendable first step, and I yep. makes it makes the home games now a lot more um, palatable, and specifically with some teams that didn't play all their stars. So we'll see how that really works, yep. and and how that really functions. So that should be really interesting. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we also had the Recopa Sudamericana, where you take the uh, Libertadores winner Palmeiras against the uh, Copa Sudamericana winner Defensor Justicia, and they played in. Uh, as you would expect, uh, again, a, a chippy, pushy, shovey match between a Brazilian team and an Argentine team. Uh, Roni, great goal. I caught this one live in the 16 minute. Um, it was a really interesting header because it was it was a header off a header, which you don't see all the time. One of those where the defender goes up to clear it with his head, but it goes right to the striker who then redirects it with his head <laughs> and it went right in the goal. Um uh, Scarpa gets one for Palmeiras, and, and then Romero had a, I believe it was off a of free kick, if I'm not mistaken. But two to one, Palmeiras is the final. Uh, DNJ looked pretty good, I gotta say. They they uh, they were not intimidated. No, they're, and they're, I think they're doing decently in the Argentinian league too. So, so that's mm-hmm. a that's a good team. So, no, yep, yep. I'm just catching up on some things for today. I, again, I had this set up for, for Bridget. I know there was some controversy. Liverpool and Aston Villa played. Liverpool wins the match 2-1, to one, but I, I saw lots of tweets 
<laughs> upset about a VAR situation. I mean, yeah, it looks like Liverpool. This? I mean, this this game was like not the greatest game, and Liverpool. I believe they scored late the second goal, mm-hmm. and um, I think people were like, you know, Liverpool didn't deserve to win this game, but if you're a Liverpool fan, you don't really care because it's the result you get. Yeah, and Aston Villa, you know, played um, played well, and I think. Um, disappointing, right? I mean, you got to play 90 minutes of football, but it, it is what the, it is. Uh, yeah, we had the Bielsa over uh, Pep Guardiola too. Leeds two, Man, Man City one. So, uh, big one for Leeds. They're chipping away at the at the leaders of the league there. Uh, in Deutschland Bundesliga, St. Pauli got a win, three to one, and uh, Union Berlin hold Bayern one one. So, big good stuff for them to walk away with a tie. Anytime you get a tie against Bayern, it's basically a win, right? Right, and Swansea <laughs> won too. So, yeah, so that should be interesting. So, um, we have El Clasico, like starting right about now. So, Real Madrid, Barcelona. I, I still, it, it still blows my mind that Barcelona could still potentially win La Liga after just the absolute train wreck of a season they've had. It's wouldn't it be like the exclamation point on Messi's career? He'd be like, Yep, I don't really care about winning anymore, I, I want to be out of here. But let me go. Let me go win one more Copa. Yeah, yeah, one more trophy. Why not? One more trophy. Why not? I need more paperweight yeah. in my office. Yeah, pretty much. That's all I have, sir. Unless there's anything else you want to add, we have we have MLS to talk about next week. We have a match on Friday. Uh, Minnesota United going to Seattle. Uh, a, a rematch, rematch of the conference finals. Yeah. 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 The 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 sadness. Let's just call it the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Um, well, how, let's how hope are we our Argentinians our... are better than, <laughs> yeah. than than what Seattle has going on. It'd be really interesting. I mean, Seattle has key things, key players, you know, right? Uh, that that can need to step up, and we'll see how this works in in the favor of Seattle. But we also have a lot of depth in certain areas, and I think. This may be one of those scenarios where where we might see some of those deaf players, right? And uh, specifically on the left or, or up top, I think. So we'll see what what really happens, and we'll see yep. what we come out with. I think a four two three one might be work, but who knows, right? Heath is the one and only, only, <laughs> only. The one thing they'll probably see is that I don't think um, uh, when Chopper starts, I do think that Lude will be the nine. And then hopefully get some time. Maybe they bring him in second half or something. Yeah, I like think that. he'll get some time, but um, I think it'll be one of those things where like Ethan will be on the right and we'll see who makes it on the left. I, mean, I think Hansen will be on the left, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Ozzy will start. Um, and then our typical back four. Um, though hopefully we'll see if the bossy. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't know how typical injury. it's going to be. I mean, Coleman at this point, for better or worse, may may actually get the start. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Um, quick update: Looks like we have a uh, U.S. goal. Burpino scored a PK, so I think we have a one-one final with Sweden. That's uh, I'll, I'll have to rewatch the game, but yeah, no, that sounds like that sounds like a fair game. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's it. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Patreon.com/backslash MN Football Show for the upcoming second round of the beer and all the other content and stuff we put up there. That's all I got. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.